Is God good to you this week? Come on, give him some praise. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is good even when it's 40 degrees in June. Come on. I tell you what, I know we, hey, listen, what a difference a week makes, because last week it was 80 degrees, I was poolside after church, and it was amazing, and today I'll be home by my fireplace that I don't have, so um, it'll, be, it'll be awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. My name is Adam Harold. If you're new here, uh, we just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for giving us your time. You're never more generous than when you share your time because you can always get more money. You can never get more time. And so uh, we want to say thank you so much for uh, sharing your, your time with us. If you fill out that card and drop it in one of our black boxes in what we call our common space, uh, you can uh, just drop that there. That's all you need to drop in uh, for today. And I will uh, send you a card in the mail to say, to say thank you. This morning, uh, we are beginning a new series. By the way, um, I don't know if I introduced my wife, Tanya. She also leads this church with me because it would never look like this if I only led it myself. So, uh, yeah, give her. She deserves all the, the applause, and uh, it's, it's awesome. So today, uh, we are beginning a new series that I'm uh, pretty excited to start that uh, I'm calling Evaluate evaluate. You know, um, it's always good to stop and evaluate your life, right? Hopefully every week we come in and we evaluate our lives, but it's also good to stop and evaluate your values. And especially for an organization um, and, and, and for a church to, to stop and evaluate their values. And, and so over the next five weeks, what we want to do is we want to evaluate our values. I thought this time of year, June, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of noise going on around us, um, and, and that's all I'll say about that. But um, it's a really good time of year for, for a church to stop and say, this is who we are. Like, re- remember who we are. And so uh, that's what this series is, is about. We'll be, we'll be looking at our five cultural values that we, that we wrote uh, six and a half, not, not quite six and a half years ago uh, when my wife and I started this church in, um, in March of 2017. We came up with these five things that we wanted to be, and you can actually read these um, outside of our building, looking in, there's a, there's a glass um, looking into our kids' area, and we've put those cultural values on, um, on the glass outside, and you can read those there. The five values are this. We'll be dreamers and risk takers, not selling for our dreams to remain dreams. We will be known what we're for and not what we're against. That's the one that everyone just grasps and holds onto. And what I love about these values, that, about you observing these, is we're going we're gonna to explain these over the next five weeks. So we'll be known what we're for, not what we're against. We'll be in our city and for our city, fiercely loving people that we haven't met yet. By the way, if you're visiting for the first time, what a great week to be here. You get to hear all about who we are. In the next five weeks, we're going to be doing the same thing. We will laugh as much as we breathe and as hard as we can stand and a little louder than normal because we like to have a good time, right? 
We, like, we, believe, we really believe that, that freedom that we sang about this morning, we really believe that that's real. And when it becomes real to you, you laugh a little louder than normal. You look a little crazy sometimes, right? It's like, it's like every Sunday at church, we go to the movies, right? You, you laugh. Like uh, when I went to the movies growing up, I, I'd be like, Dad, shh. Like he can turn down his laugh. I'm like, Dad, everyone can hear you laugh. Everyone else is laughing. Yeah, but they can hear you laugh. Right? He laughs a little louder than normal. Uh, and then number five is we'll be excellent. This is the least important, in my opinion. That's why it's number five. We'll be excellent in all things because excellence honors God, but it also inspires people. Those are the five. Those are what we're going to be breaking down over the next five weeks. Now, um, they're not necessarily in any particular order, although that last one is last for a reason. Um, but for the sake of this series, I'm, I'm going to jump to number three today because um, I want to kind of give us some runway for an event that we have coming up on June 24th. And the, 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 the value that we're, that we're looking at this morning, I want to I present to you to say this is why we're doing this event. The event is Wyndham Summerfest on June 24th. Um, we're participating in Summerfest. And the reason we're participating in Summerfest is because of cultural value number three. We will be in our city and for our city, fiercely loving people that we've never even met. And that's the value that we're looking at this morning. And so many of you may not know what we do with Summerfest. Some of you may know what we do at Summerfest, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you what we do at Summerfest and, and going to explain why we do that. Um, shortly after Tanya and I moved here, uh, we noticed in June the town of Wyndham and the Parks and Rec Department puts on a, uh, an event called Summerfest. And it's just an event for people to come out and celebrate summer. And they do their, their fireworks at the end, and it's, they have a parade, and it's just a really good time. And so um, we, we came, and we, the first year and the second year, we kind of sat back and observed, and we just kind of said, how can we get involved? And we, and we began to pray about what, what God would have us do in Summerfest. Well, the few years that we were praying about how we could get involved, we, we would go, and we like we would experience it. And I noticed this one thing there um, that was just a big pain in the, in the butt. Can I say that? Um, it was a pain in the butt. And the reason why is because it was just this giant money pit called the carnival, right? And like we would, and, and the thing was, my kids loved the carnival. All the kids loved the carnival. The parents not so much, because everything was so expensive, and, and it, was, it, was just, it was poorly done for what it cost, and so, um, and it, like, you know, you get the, the whole th fear of, they tear those down, and they set them back up in the next city, and you don't know if it's going to fall apart, and you paid five dollars to ride it, and just so much, just, it was a lot, and so, about year three or four, I, I don't even know, the town of Wyndham actually um, called me and, and said, 
because they knew that we were here. They knew that we wanted to be involved, but we didn't know what to do. And they came to me and said, we decided we're not going to invite the carnival back. And inside, I just jumped for joy, right? But we don't know what we're going to do. We thought maybe you could help us decide, like, figure out something to do to fill the gap of the carnival. And I was like, gee, no pressure, right? (laughs) Everyone loved the carnival. And so I prayed about it because that's where I go when, when I, I'm faced with a difficult task. And I, I asked God, and, and, and I felt like God gave me this idea to have an inflatable park. And so I gave them the idea. I said, what, have you thought about like just get, renting a whole bunch of inflatables and setting them up for kids to, um, that would normally be on the carnival rides? And, uh, and they loved the idea. They really loved the idea when we offered to pay for it. And they were like, you're going to pay for the whole thing? And I was like, yeah. I mean, it, it can't cost that much money to rent inflatables. $3,000 later, right? And with that, we became one of the largest donors to, to Summerfest. And then they really loved it when we offered to, to have volunteers for the inflatables. And so that's what we do. Every Summerfest, we donate $3,000 to to the city so that they can um, rent inflatables, but then we provide about 22 volunteers per hour to staff. So this year, we've got 11 inflatables with two people per inflatable for uh, five hours. So that's a lot of people. That's a lot of tasks. There's a lot that has to go into investing in Summerfest, but listen, if we're going to be in our city and for our city, fiercely loving people we've never even met, we have to, we know that it's going to require work. It's going to require time, money, and work in order to do what we're saying we're going to do. We decided a long time ago that we would be in our city and for our city no matter what the cost. And today I want to explain to you a little bit of why this is one of our cultural values. You can turn with me to John chapter 4. If you want to follow along in today's notes, you can do so in the YouVersion Bible app. Um, on the screens, they'll tell you how you can find that. Um, if you haven't downloaded the YouVersion Bible app yet, what are you waiting for? Um, it is the best app on my phone. It's my favorite app on my phone. And uh, I open it every day, every morning. I, I read a plan with it, and um, it's, it, it's amazing. So um, John chapter 4, um, we're going to be looking at the story of the Samaritan woman at the well this morning, which is, is um, familiar to many of you. I typically don't read 42 verses during a message. However, this is the first Sunday of the, of the series, and I feel like it's really important that we get the entire context. And not only that, but listen, God's word is so much better than my word. His words are so much better than mine. And so we're going to endure 42 verses of reading in just a moment. But before we do, we're going to ask God to speak to us and join us in this conversation. Can we do that? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for... 
Your word that is alive, it's active, it's quicker than any two-edged sword, pierces our soul and spirit. And Father, with that said, we come before you and we place ourselves on the operating room of heaven. That your words would be the sword that would cut our soul, showing us who we are, exposing who we are and who you want us to be. Father, I pray that today as we read your word that we would find your character, not ours, that we would discover that we are supposed to be like you. Father, I pray that you would get rid of all distraction, that you would silence uh, phones and babies and everything else that might distract us from hearing from you. We ask you to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John 4, 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees. This is really interesting. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. Did you, did, did you, real, do you realize that Jesus didn't baptize people. It's not recorded in Scripture. That's for another day, though, right? We got, we got a woman to meet, right? Keep reading in verse uh, 3. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field of Jacob, I'm calling on the God of Jacob, right? We just sang that. I, I'm not going to sing that again. You don't want me to. Aaron did a much better job than I did. To the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was... Alone at the time, because the disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Can I just say real quick that some of you have come to this room today looking for something? And I think Jesus is saying right here exactly what we all need. Living water that will cause us to never thirst again. Let's keep reading. Verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope in a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? So can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water 
Because when we're faced with water that gives us eternal life, we say, give me this water. Why would we reject water that gives us life? He goes on. She says, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Uh Uh-oh. Now Jesus gets real. Go and get your husband. Jesus told her, I I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth, Jesus said. At least Jesus gives her some credit, right? He's like, at least, you know, you're... You didn't hide it from me. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? Well, the Samaritans claim that it is here at Mount Gerzium where our ancestors worshiped. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one that you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Verse 26, then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Jesus, just then, his disciples came back. They were impeccable timing by the disciples, by the way, right? Just then, the disciples came back, and then they were shocked to find him talking to this woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? And why are you talking with her? The woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything that I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from, the finishing, and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around you. The fields are already ripe for the harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants, the other harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Verse 39, we're almost there. We 
see today's focal passage for today. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything that I did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he said he stayed there for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, not just because you supplied an inflatable park for my kids to jump on. But because we have heard him ourselves, now we know that he indeed is the savior of the world. Can I be honest with you? When I look at the world today, I see people that don't know how to have conversations with people they don't agree with. It bothers me. When Christians don't know how to interact with people that don't know Jesus. It bothers me when we've got both conservative Christians and progressive Christians that don't know how to interact with someone that is far from God. I believe that Jesus puts on a master class in how to interact with someone that doesn't know who he is in this passage. That's why we read the entire thing. Because it's important that we understand how to interact with people that don't know God. I believe that that's what Jesus is teaching us here. In fact, I believe in this whole passage, we see four values that Jesus has, actually roots of who he is in this entire passage. Four values that Jesus displays here. And in fact, they're the reason behind our values. Number one, the first thing that Jesus displays is the value of being generational. He goes to Jacob's well, right? He's, he's explaining, he's showing that he's generational. He goes on, and in the passage, he talks about some harvest and some plant. You're, you're reaping the benefit of someone else's work. That's generational. The second thing that we see is his value of intentionality. He's intentional. He goes intentionally to the well because he knew this woman would go there to draw water. He was intentional about it. The third thing that we see is that he's biblical. He said, there's coming a day when you will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Our values display those three things. And finally, the fourth thing that Jesus shows. And it's the thing that we're looking at today. Jesus was relational. Relational. So those, th those four things are, he's generational, intentional, biblical, and relational. One of the things that I recently discovered in, in, explain, in observing values and, and explain, like, like just look, taking a look at who I am, 
is I've learned this question. Does this value display a fruit or does it display a root? Does it, is, it, is it showing people what I've done or is it showing people who I am? If it's who I am, then it's a root and it, and it shows people who I am. But otherwise, it's just a fruit. Can I tell you something about our five cultural values? The five cultural values, they're, they're, all they do is display fruit. Because those five things are what we do in order to show people who we are. And so that's why we're taking a deep dive over the next five weeks to explain who we are. We're going to explain who we are. And that brings me to today's big idea. If I have one thing that I want to communicate to all of us this morning, it would be this one thing. The reason that we are in our city and for our city, fiercely loving people that we haven't ever met yet, is because we want to introduce people to a relational God who fiercely loves them. So much more than we ever could. The reason we're in our city and for our city, fiercely loving people we've never even met, is because there is a relational God who loves people so much better than we do. And it's worth every second and every cent that we spend to be in our city and for our city. Because there are people that need Jesus. Not just this Jesus that is, is soft. But Jesus that walks with them and talks with them and shows them the way to walk in. That life is so much better when you obey it. But in order for that life to be better, God's word teaches us. And I say this. All the time, it teaches us that in order for life to be better, it requires the person to die. You're not going to hear that at every church this morning. But it requires us to jump on the surgery table of heaven and allow God's word to cut us apart, to get out the cancer that destroys us. It causes, and, and, and we want to show people that that Jesus is so much better than the alternative because that Jesus gives us living water that causes us to never thirst again. Are you still with me? We want to show people this relational God. So verse 39 through 42 is our focal passage. Let me read it for you one more time, real quick. Verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything that I ever did. When they came, uh, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. Can I stop real quick? This, this nonsense of... of of canceling the church or canceling uh, this nonsense of cancel culture 
is not something that Jesus would do. He wouldn't give up on people living in sin. He wouldn't. You know why? Because, keep reading, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days. Long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. You know what happens if you just stay a little longer? Eventually people start to believe in what you're selling. Because they start to see it. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you told us, but because we have heard it ourselves. Now we know he indeed is the Savior of the world. When you're in the city long enough, people see who you are, and they say, give me more of that. This morning, for the remainder of our time, I've got four things that being in our city and for our city will accomplish if we do them well, if we do it well. Number one, the first thing that it accomplishes is it declares what God has done in our lives. Like, can you, can you believe <laughs> or can you, can you think with me what the town thinks when they hear about this, this church that was started seven years ago and could barely get enough people to work these, volu- these, these inflatables the first year when a whole army of people shows up this year and they're there all day long and they're all wearing their refuge shirts and their refuge hats and they're, they're, and they're like, whoa, maybe, maybe God is in this thing. And it declares, it doesn't just whisper. It puts an exclamation mark on it. And it says, this is what my God has done. And so we're going to be in our city for our city because it declares what God has done in our lives. And when we declare it, you know what that does? It gets people talking. Have you ever been to that church? Where is that church? I think I've seen, is that the one? Back in the day, it was, is that the one that meets in the high school? We're a little easier to find now. And we like it. And you like it. It declares what God has done in our lives. Number two is it accomplishes display God's desire to dwell with people. It displays God's desire to dwell with people. Can you just wrap your mind around for a second that the God of the universe wants to be with you? You, the the last one picked for kickball. He wants wants to, to dwell with you. I know not all of you were the last one picked for kickball. But I was, right, yeah. I love what, the, what, the, what our scripture says today. It says, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay, and he stayed two more days. They begged him to stay because they saw what he had done, and it put on display his desire to be with them. 
Jesus left heaven to come to earth to dwell with us. And we call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God wants to be with you. Some of you may, may, hear, may be here today, and maybe you feel all alone. Maybe you feel like no one ever wants to be with you. I, w- I want you to know that not only the one, but the most important one, the most powerful one, the most loving one, he wants to be with you. And he's with you all the time. He never leaves you or forsakes you. He loves you so much. And that's what we want to put on display. That he just wants to be with you. So it accomplishes that we get to declare what God has done. We get to put on display God's desire to dwell with people. Number three, we get to deliver an encounter with the heart of God. We get to deliver an encounter with the heart of God. In fact, it doesn't give people much of a choice. That church is here again. (laughs) We don't want to give people that much of a choice. That when you encounter the refuge church, you will encounter the heart of God. Some of you are here this morning and you're like, man, this church is nothing like any church I've ever been to. Good. Because we want you to encounter the heart of God when you're here. Verse 42, then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves, because we have seen his heart. I want to tell you a story that I tell every year when we get ready for for Summerfest. And I will tell it for the remaining part of our church, the remaining existence of our church. Uh, This probably happened, I don't know, it was before the pandemic because we were still in the high school. So uh, probably 2019. Um, it It was one of the first years that we did the inflatables. For, for Summerfest. And uh, the day was winding up. And so I, I walked over to the, to the tent, the volunteer tent for, for Summerfest. And um, I just asked them, I said, is there, is there anything else you need from us? And they said, no, but we want to tell you a story. I said, okay. They said, about halfway through the day, there was this single mother that came to the tent with an arm full of kids. When they said that story, I just pictured six kids. I don't know why. I think there were three. (laughs) An arm full of kids. And they looked at us and they said, how much are the tickets for the inflatables? And the woman telling the story said, I felt kind of guilty because I said, 
well, they're free. I felt guilty because it was you that did it, not, not us. But she said, they're free because the refuge church. Has paid for and they, and they don't want to charge for them can I can I give a little confession this morning there's there's a small part of me of my flesh that shows up on Summerfest day that um that gets a little proud as I walk into Summerfest and I see all the churches collecting money from people I go, yeah, we're not taking any money today. But that's just, that's, that's my flesh. And it's because of your generosity that I'm able to, to do that. But it's also because I understand that God is our source. Our town's not our source. The people in Wyndham, they're not our source. God is the source that provides for the church and he does it through his people. That's what the scripture teaches. And so, I get out of my flesh a little bit and she tells me, I told her they were free. She said, she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, I had no idea how I was gonna pay for all these kids to jump on the inflatables. Thank you. Please tell that church, thank you. the next day because Summerfest is always on Saturday so on Sunday I go to church that year and I tell that story and would you know that that lady came up to me after service and she said that was me when we declare what God has done for us and we put on display an encounter with God. We deliver an encounter with God. We put on display his power. We declare what he's done. We deliver an encounter. People come. People say, I want to I want to go see what that church is up to. And we will hopefully will deliver an encounter with the creator that loves them so much that he sent his only son to die for them, to rescue them from their sin, to have a relationship because he wants to be with them. The fourth thing that it does, that it accomplishes, that it gives us an opportunity to, to be a part of, is it draws people to Jesus it doesn't draw them to us because we all we do is point them to Jesus that's all we're ever gonna do that's all we that's that's why we exist to show people that when they make Jesus their refuge not the refuge church Jesus the refuge they'll never be overwhelmed by the storms of life because if this church is the only refuge you have, you're in trouble. But Jesus as your refuge, you will never be overwhelmed. 
final sentence in our story. It says, now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. God has really been showing me lately that unless the spirit draws people to him, they will never come. It has to be God. Every Sunday, we present with you a moment to hopefully you encounter the heart of God, but so that ultimately the goal is that he would draw people to him. That tug, that, that tug that you feel at the end of service, that, that ain't me. It's, it's God that's saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. Just surrender. Just give me your heart. I won't let you down, I promise. I will make you who I want you to be. I will set you apart wholly. I will love you better than anyone ever has. I will be with you. It has nothing to do with who you do, who you, what you do, and has everything to do with who you will become. That's the God we serve. That's the God that we represent when we're in our city and for our city, fiercely loving people that we've never met. So today's response is super easy. There's a few things that you can do. The first thing that you can do is you can go over to refugemain.church. You can just get out your phones right now. Listen, the earlier you do it, the, the better times you get. I'm just gonna be honest. Refugemain.church slash Summerfest and sign up for one of the inflatables on June 24th. Maybe someone in the, the room this morning will wanna help us pay for the bill. Maybe you say, I'm busy that day, but I can write a check to help cover the cost of the inflatables. Just write a check and in the, in the memo, write Summerfest or in the, or we have envelopes um, that are on the side of the black boxes. Just put your cash in there, write Summerfest on it. All the money will go to pay for the, the inflatables and to pay for the churches that are the, the churches, pay for the shirts that we give all of our volunteers. Because if you sign up, you get a t-shirt for free just for signing up. But maybe, maybe it's, it's deeper than that. Maybe your response today is to finally say yes to the spirit that draws you to him. Maybe you're feeling alone and you need to talk to somebody. We've got our, our, our prayer team that'll be up front. And then in just a moment, we're gonna open these doors. There's something brand new that we're doing this morning. I'm gonna open those doors on the side and I'm going straight there. I'm not gonna go all the way to the, to the front. I'm going straight to the side with, with some of our prayer team. 
And if you want to know what your next step is, we just open those, we're going to open those doors as we sing the last song. We're going to celebrate what God has done because we believe that when we make Jesus our refuge, we'll never be overtaken by this crazy, crazy world. And let me tell you, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. But we know because Jesus is our refuge that things aren't falling apart. They're falling into place. Stand to your feet. Let me pray with you. If you need to receive Jesus this morning, come and see me in the, in the side room over here. Come and pray with our prayer team. Father, I thank you so much that it is you who draw man unto you, not me. I thank you that Jesus saw fit to go through the village of Sychar, to meet with the Samaritan woman at the well, to show us how it's done. And I pray God that as we encounter people this week that are far from God, that we would remember the words of Jesus, that there is coming a day when we will worship the Father in spirit and in truth as we consume that living water that gives us freedom. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.